Good night, everyone. Hello. My name is Julia Williams, and this is Jules by Jules. Um, as you know, in our awesome, amazing young adult ministry, well, not really the ministry, but our life group, we're doing a book called Boundaries in Dating. And I just thought enough to bring about our awesome, amazing guests, Frankie and Kiswana Griffin. Wow. All right. That was extra. <laughs> as you can tell, it's going to be a wild night. And so I decided to do an interview with them about boundaries in dating and how they went through their dating process before they're happily married with two kids. So we're just going to get started. So welcome, guys. Thank you for Thank having us. Welcome. So I'm just going to get right to the punch, mm -hmm. to the hit. You ready, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first question I have for you is, did you guys date anybody before you guys got together? We definitely did, but um, my dating uh, life had kind of died down after high school. Okay. And then um, before, it was probably like, let's see, like two years, a two-year hiatus mm -hmm. of dating for me. Until I started dating Frankie. Activities and, and stuff. So 
we stayed in touch through church and when it came time for college I guess we kind of drifted mm-hmm. away right. and um and then when I saw you at yeah when okay. I saw you I was playing uh football in college well it was intramural football but it was traveling mm-hmm. I mean, went to a tournament at um the University of Florida mm-hmm. and we were playing in a tournament there and I ran into her we were talking and I was like hey uh I have a game in like in two hours. Can you come and watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't show up. Wow. Okay. Payback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't even show up. Payback for the game. Payback I called her grade. and oh, um, she was. We were on the phone. And she was like, oh, I I was riding with someone else and we got food. I was like, all right. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. You missed my two touchdown game, but it's okay. <laughs> so it wasn't until um. And that even then, we didn't really start talking. It wasn't until, um, when, when was that? Uh, when we started talking was the end of 2011. So I think that was like a whole nother year later. Mm-hmm. And then out of the blue, somebody texts me, and I'm just like, hmm, what is, what brought, what brought about this? And then come to find out, he had been talking to one of my best friends from middle school, who I'm still best friends with. And um, they have been... Um, who showed me some notes from 7th grade? Okay, who showed him notes that I used to write about him. In 7th grade, remember, wow. when I professed my love for him, these notes were just another part of that. Yeah. And um, so she had showed him the notes, and I guess that really, you know, he was like, okay, let me, you know, let me try something. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's that's when I got the text out of the blue. Uh-huh. And then not too long after that, she asked me had I heard from him. So I was like, oh, so you're behind this, you know? <laughs> and even then, it wasn't like a, again, it still wasn't like, you know, we were dating. Well, for me, I don't like rejection. Right. So I think when she said I, well, what would you say I did it to you in seventh grade? When you were in seventh? You dropped me. I dropped I mean, you. You just. <laughs> it's not that I dropped you, it's just. I, I, didn't, I don't like rejection, so I get, like, um, I don't like explaining. I guess nervous when mm-hmm. I was back then. Mm-hmm. We were talking, what, seventh grade? I was 12, maybe, 13. Yeah. Wow. So, um, even now, I don't think anyone likes rejection. Right. You just, you know, want to, whatever it is you want, you want. But um, I think for me, it was just, I just didn't really like rejection. So, I don't know. But to be sure, you know I, I mean, we met here at church, like, right. as kids, like, kids, kids. Yeah. Like, and teeny boppers. And so it just spiraled into yeah. something at the end. All right. Thank God for church. I'm going to tell you. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'll leave that for off the camera. Hey, <laughs> it's not about Julia right now. All right. <laughs> um, what made, I know this may sound really crazy, but. What made your relationship, this relationship, different from any other relationship you you had? Oh, was, for me, it was definitely God. Yeah, I think that's both of our answers. Then. Because my, my ex-girlfriend I was dating, she went to church, but she wasn't really in the church. Mm. Like that. You know, I, I brought her here a couple times. Um, I even went to her church a couple times. It was um, Calvary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was different. She really wasn't, like, into the Word. And... Um, I always remembered unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. I know what that meant. And I know that 
you know, entering into a covenant, especially on equally yoked, is going to be really hard. So for my relationship, and I know both of us, I mean, it's a growing process. But for me, it was very, God had to be, like, really at the center. So. Yeah, that was the difference between this relationship and every relationship that I had. I actually had a boyfriend who's, he grew up Jehovah's Witness. So we should already know that wasn't going to work out. So, yeah, God was definitely the critical factor in this. All right, so here comes the question. I'm ready. You ready? Bring it on? Alright. Do it. Alright, so. Now I can, pick, I can pick up my phone, right? Oh, yeah, you can pick up your phone now. <laughs> Alright, so now that you guys met and you guys obviously had a, a godly background, you know, your, I know your, your yeah. dad and I know your mom, mm-hmm. and um, they were like solid individuals. So what boundaries did you guys instill in your relationship off the bat? Like, you know, that first conversation, you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's how we're going to keep ourselves aligned. Like, yeah. what were those boundaries? To be honest, I don't even think we really had boundaries. boundaries. I don't even really think we had, like, like set in stone boundaries. Like, we probably had our own individuals, mm-hmm. but we hadn't really, you know, hey, you know, before we start dating, this is what we think, you know, this is what I think, what right. do you think kind of thing. So we really didn't have that whole mutual set of boundaries yeah. part of my part of my testimony mm-hmm. is um when i went when i went to college i kind of veered from the lord mm-hmm. and i was solid for my freshman year which was 2009 and uh, and going up into my sophomore year but then hanging around different people who weren't really living for god and things like that um it was just easy it was just uh I guess I was, like I say, I was easily influenced just by around them. So my my relationship with God kind of took um, another turn. Mm-hmm. And when we got together, it was just like I was already exposed to a lot of the worldly stuff. Mm-hmm. So I never, we never really sat down and said, this is what we're not going to do. And this is, well, maybe we talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, even... Uh, even before we got married, uh, that's when we definitely set boundaries. Except for when you get married, they call like expectations. Yeah. So. Yeah, those expectations yeah. were set. Uh, but uh, one of the biggest things for for us was we had to rededicate. I definitely we both rededicated our life um, back to the Lord. And for me, it was August tenth, two thousand twelve. Mm. And it was uh, and I just. Growing up in church, I mean, sometimes your parents tell you you gotta go to church. Right. Live in the house, okay, I'll do that. But a true relationship with Jesus, it's, it's just you and Jesus. Right. It's nobody else. Right. So I came to the point where I was earning for the Lord because I know when I know right from wrong, and I know um, if I want to sin or not. Mm-hmm. And when I came to a point where I just want to live all out for Christ, I had to get it right. Right. And I think after that is when boundaries were set. And it's like, hey, we need to talk. Uh, I know we did this before, mm-hmm. and we had that talk. I know we did this before, but hey, we can't do this anymore. That's it, you know. Right. And before we can enter into covenant, we had to get right with him. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. Okay, so, oh, did y'all make mm-hmm. No, you good? So, okay, so... To add, because a lot of people don't know you had Naraya before you got married. Yes, right. so 
background, we didn't start dating until 2012, and in March of 2014, we actually had Naraya. Right. And we didn't get married until May of 2015. So we were not married um, when we had our daughter. Right. So just just a little background. Background. So going back to that, right? Mm-hmm. So because now I'm gonna use the, what you just said. So you said you rededicated your life to the Lord. Is it was it after Nariah was born or before Nariah was born? So after that scenario. Um. I would say it was maybe like somewhere in between, mm-hmm. um, like while being pregnant with her and um, when she was born, um, because you know before before that, like I was here and I was I was in church, but I wasn't plugged in, I wasn't involved, mm-hmm. um, you know I had no you know I I didn't you know get myself you know into the the ministry or whatever, so I was coming, but I. That was it. I was just existing in church. That was that was it. I wasn't doing anything for the kingdom. I, I was literally just showing up and then going home. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of like what my walk was up until me getting pregnant with Naraya. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, going through the pregnancy and having her that kind of shifted gears and got myself together. Right. Yeah, same thing. Um Cause when she, when she, I remember the day it was, uh, I, when I was in Cookman, I was working uh, at Bethune-Cookman University. I was working for the, uh, women's basketball team mm-hmm. and, um, I got a scholarship for doing that. So I remember I was just coming from a game and I remember Pastor Reese, who's my mentor, he called me and he said, Hey, how's Kiswana doing? I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard from her all day. You know, I've been busy. I was at a game. He's like, um, well, call her because she went to the hospital. I'm like, for real? Like, do you know what's going on? He was like, no, I don't know. I was trying to find out, but I thought you would know. I said, all right. So I was calling her phone, calling her phone, calling her phone. And I knew before that, we, we stopped. Um, like, uh, um, before she was pregnant, that's when we had a talk and said, hey, we're going to stop having sex and all that. Mm-hmm. We're just going to stop. And that's when... Um, the shifting of really serving Christ came and rededication and everything like that. And we stopped, and that's when after we found out she was pregnant um, a couple months after that, um, and she call, and I called her, and she wouldn't answer. So I called her dad. And as a man, it's tough to call a father because mm-hmm. he answered the phone very just like a dad. Um, hello? I was like, uh, Hey, Mr. Mr. James, how's uh, Kiswana doing? Just calling. Hey, uh, I don't really know. You you got to talk to her. And he handed her the phone. All right, so to cut in there, uh, more backstory to us. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing it out. I'm just saying that. Um, so by that time, we had already been dating for like maybe like a year and a half. Um, yeah. Maybe like a year. Maybe a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. Now, we were in a long-distance relationship. He was in Daytona. He was mm-hmm. still in college. Yeah. I was here. Mm-hmm. So when he talks about, you know, calling or whatever, he wasn't local. Um, and even after Nariah was born for a few months, he was still up in Daytona, and I was still here. Mm-hmm. So he he didn't know what was going on. More backstory. I went to the hospital because I was in church service, and I passed out. I remember that day. I passed out in service, uh-huh. and we went to the hospital. 
and, you know, going, doing all these tests and blah, blah, blah. And the guy comes back and he was like, um, well, you know, you passed out because you're pregnant.
automatically transition that maturity to, all right, I got to get together. Yeah, real quick. You know what I mean? And, and, and I was so grateful because I was at the tail end of my college career of yeah. graduating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I went back for a month or two, it was just to finish up school because I was, I was going to quit school to come home. Mm -hmm. um, but she, my wife told me don't do that because, you know, this would be a, a great testimony for our children oh, yeah. to tell them that you persevere and don't give up. It was probably the hardest two or three months of my life, staying up there and knowing that um she had to be there taking care of the kid by on the ride by herself. But I, you know, just again with prayer and everything like that. I mean, even that Naraya was healthy, wealthy, wise, full of the Holy Spirit. When I mean, she didn't even know. Part of her testimony is she didn't know six months she was pregnant. No, we were still playing full court basketball. Yeah, but yeah that's we what shocked me. I was like, "What you didn't we know?" Were, no, we and were still. Yeah. I I didn't slow down not one bit. Like everything was still just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why nobody gets active. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> All the six you. months of running around. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's what that came from. But you know, it's it's great to hear. You know, yeah. because a lot of people will go to a church family, and I've heard and I've seen where people in your situation mm -hmm. have because they're not married that yeah. people automatically want to shut you down and automatically want to put you on the firing squad because yeah. you didn't do it the right way yes you want to do it the right way at first but sometimes things do happen yeah. and sometimes things do lead right. to yeah. that situation right. and but look at where it's at now right now yes and, and just to because I know there'll probably be a lot of people watching. <laughs> yeah. But just to tell them, um, there was something that um, Pastor Reese told me. He says, everyone, everyone, your family, I can, Bishop can, we can all tell you what you're doing wrong, but you already know. Mm -hmm. But it's how we get you through what you did. Right. We don't need to keep telling you there's something wrong because you already know. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to help you be where you were. I mean, he was, uh, him, him and Virginia were so influential in our life as far as getting us through uh, this situation and just encouraging. I mean, even this church, I mean, Bishop came to us and Pastor Kathy to us and, you know, said, um, just helped us, walked us through it. You know what I mean? And just all the words were so encouraging that, I mean, I mean, God was just good. I mean, it was, you would think uh, people would run away. Mm -hmm. from church because of, oh, you're wrong, you did this, mm -hmm. you know, hellfire brimstone, but it's about just loving on you. Yeah, no, they made sure that, you know. They made sure you would love, because that's what Jesus yeah. would do. Right, right. You know what I mean? I look at different things in the Bible. I mean, the lady who uh, was the adulterer, mm -hmm. you know, and they brought her up to Jesus. Jesus said, the person who doesn't sin cast the first stone. Right. He says, all of you are sinners. Yeah. If I'm the one not um, casting the stone on her, forgiving her, why can't you? Yeah. And that's what we got here, and, and that's why we're planted here. And I mean, I just, I just, we just thank the the ministry here for what they're doing. So, y'all make me cry, but I'm a whole <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, mm. you can, oh, that's my phone. Um, and the funny thing is, the other question, and you kind of alluded to it already, was how did God restore your, after that, after Naraya is born, you found out you're pregnant, and you're in Daytona, 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 and 
how did you reestablish now that you have a child on her on the way? Yeah. How did you reestablish your relationship? One, because you already told me you obviously gave your life to Christ after that. You rededicated, yeah. but mm-hmm. at that moment, besides obviously not having sex again right. for a whole for a season yeah. until you get married, but what other boundaries did you put around you that could help you not to get into those places again or any other thing? Because I'm gonna use this before you answer that question. Okay. So. Boundaries could be, yes, not going to lit areas, like non-lit areas, and you yeah. want to cuddle up in the room, and right, right, right. then baby number two may come. Right. But you know what I'm right. saying? That, so. that, that, is, that is something That's something we actually did. Um, in that process, I told her I told her that we, I mean, we will continue to date, but the first thing that we did mm-hmm. was, I mean, we already stopped having sex, but the first thing we did was in order for us to move on, we both have to have our relationship with Christ That's good. better That's and, good. like, be for real. Mm-hmm. And it has to come from the heart, not because mommy and daddy said it. And we just got into the word. Um, I would I would read in my word constantly, just having the Lord renew my mind um, and uh, just saying that, you know, I, I'm a champion. It doesn't matter. That's the past, mm-hmm. what I did, and that's all the enemy tries to do is regurgitate the past because he doesn't know the future Mm -hmm. um but simple boundaries were um we we went on on date nights but we didn't um we did things differently uh i would take her home at a decent time but we had a curfew we had a kid so now we had like a curfew right (laughs) um and like just not not being alone Mm -hmm. uh and because the thing is is some people say, why does why does why did the devil allow me or why did God allow me to do this? You have your own mind. So if I'm in this room right here and you weren't here, but just me and her were not married, I mean, the devil didn't even have to tempt you. You already did it yourself. Right. So those simple things people might laugh at, oh, but you already did it. No, I'm trying to get somewhere, so I need to start. Okay. Start over, or I need to start somewhere. So yeah, we weren't, we didn't try to be alone mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, if we did something, we tried to um, just do it around people. So it's just we just hold it, hold each other accountable. It was very tough mm-hmm. because the enemy always tells you, well, you did it before. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, the big deal is now for real. Yeah. With with Christ, and uh, I know I know that feeling of man, I did something wrong. And I don't want it to be a habitual sin. I don't want to just go to God and say, forgive me, because I know. Mm-hmm. I really want to be forgiven and not go back to it. I think that was the, the standpoint. Okay. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So I'll say, I'll say, um, we had a kid. Um, there, there wasn't going to be an instance where um, we were, uh, like, there, there were going to be some instances where we were alone, mm-hmm. but not like, me and him, me, him, and and Ryan, that we were we were gonna be alone. Like um, when I when I came home from the hospital, like everybody else had to go uh, back to work. Mm-hmm. So he was he was there with me, but you know at that point it was all you know just it was just all about this new little baby or whatnot. But you know once she started to get a little bit older, you know one of the things that we didn't do was you know okay, we have a baby together, we need to move in together. Yeah. No, right. that was a, that was a, right. that was a, that oh. wasn't 
wasn't even an option. That was never an option. That was yeah. even when he came back home. That was never something that we even thought about doing because it just was not an option. Mm-hmm. There's no way that we're moving in just because we have just because we have a baby together. So um, that was like a big thing to do to set a boundary because you know, like you said, that just leads to more of doing what you should be doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that was like um, something that we did, and then also. You know, we'd be at the house and he'd be helping me with the baby. He'd be in my room, but we never close the door. The door would be open. You know, so well, it's I like wouldn't stay for long. Yeah, if so I was there time wise. It was even not too late at night right. kind of thing. It was like if she was in there, maybe she had uh, um, uh, maybe she laid down and I changed her and then I walked out because okay. all the stuff was in the room. But I I didn't do that for people to see. I just did that because I know that. I don't need to be in here any longer than I am. And I even talked to her dad because um, when I first came home and got a job, I was working from 9 to 7. And every day for about a year and a half, I would leave work. I would come to um, Mr. James' house, and I would stay there until, like, 11, just helping her out, you know, giving her, like, a little break or whatever, mm-hmm. helping her out. Um, and uh, he asked me one night, he says, Hey, you know you could, you could like go back there and like you could be there. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. I'll just, you know, I'll just stay out here. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, it wasn't like him telling me go in a room. Go yeah. In a room. He was just like, you don't have to be like nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I told him I'm okay, he he knew that all right, he's playing it safe. Yeah. Um, but like she said, if I was to go in there, it was to help her change. But the door was open. Um, the sister would come in or something like that. You know, but I didn't stay longer than a few minutes. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, there were no no sleepovers. You know, me no. in my room, him in the living. No, mm-hmm. not even not even yeah. anything like that happened. You know, he'd stay until you know eleven midnight. He'd go home and he'd come back the next day. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people. You know, oh, you guys have a baby together. You know, when are you guys getting your own place or you know when are you guys doing that? No, we're not. Yeah. We're waiting. We're we're you know waiting on the Lord to move and you know direct us and see what's the next step for us. But it's not moving in together. I can tell you that right off the bat. That's yeah. not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, but like those those little things, just like you know, being more you know cognizant of the time, mm-hmm. um, of our our surroundings. Our you know, it's it's getting late. Let's let's go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we got a babysitter, but we said we'd be home by you know this time. So right. let's you know. So just really putting ourselves on time constraints, because uh, that you know that gave us time to go do what we said we were doing and come right back. And um, and as for me, I had somebody that I had an accountability partner too okay. afterwards. So that was something that uh, you know kept me, you know, well I have to answer to somebody about this, so I need to make sure I don't let that person down. So I did have an accountability partner. That's yeah, good. That's, that's the big thing, accountability partner. That's good. That that wasn't him because. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no, but I've, I've talked to, I've, I had to talk yeah. to some people because their accountability partner was somebody there in the rich. No, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. You can't, your accountability partner can't be your, your significant other, can't be your boyfriend, can't be your girlfriend. No, that don't work. Because that's where trouble yeah. sometimes starts. <laughs> <laughs> that's who got you in trouble. Yeah, in the first place, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, man, that was some good Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good. All right, so this is your final question, but it's a two-parter. Okay. So 
give Kiswana to start off Absolutely. first. Actually, yours is three questions because oh. I thought of it while, while you were talking. Yeah. There's a reason why. And then did two questions for you. So this goes to you. What would you say was your biggest fear at the time you got pregnant to the time you got married? Like, what was your biggest fear as a, if you were talking to a single, uh, a pre- pregnant girl at your age at that time? Mm-hmm. And you didn't set boundaries at that time until after the fact. What would you tell that one girl or girls? How did you feel? And what gave you hope? And that's your first question. Okay, so how did I feel? Um, okay, say it one more time. Make sure I this correctly. <laughs> All right. Being a girl at the age that you were when you were pregnant, mm-hmm. even though you were in a relationship, Boundaries weren't set originally. Like, how did you feel the moment you found you were pregnant? And two, what gave you hope in that scenario um, to know that everything was going to be okay? So, um, when I found out, like I said, my first, I just became completely overwhelmed for the simple fact that I was 21. Um, I was already six months pregnant, and in a matter of three months, I would have to grow all the way up and take care of somebody, you know, be somebody's mother. Um, so that, for this, the simple fact that I was going to have to mature that fast, you know, that was overwhelming. But what what, um, what helped me through that and what gave me hope was the fact that I had people that were, that were going to be there for me. I had my sister who was going to be there for me. I had my mom that was going to be there for me. I had my stepmom who was going to be there for me. I had, I had my, my, I had my support system. I had my dad. You know, that was, that was a big thing because, um, I think a lot of, I'm, I know I'm not the only one that deals with, you know, wanting to be perfect all the time. You know, not wanting to let people down, and that's something that I had to really, you know, just say, okay, look, obviously, you know, I'm not going to be perfect all the time, and that was a big. Um, like taught out moment for me to be like hey you're not going to get it right 100% of the time but it's okay because you know we like I said we've been in this in this church for so long and we hear the word and we know that you know God is you know he's a merciful God you know and it's not like he's going to smite me because you know this I did this because that's that's not the case so my hope came from the fact knowing that God still loved me no matter what and that I had he had given me people placed people in my life purposely that were going to help me get to where I needed to be in life you know so like I said I had my I had my family I had his family I had his mom I had his grandma like I I had that support mm-hmm. I had my church family I had the support so there was no there's no way that I could fail mm-hmm. if I was going to fail it's because I I wanted to because I chose to, it, yeah. it, there was that. That would be the only way that I could fail is that I completely just gave up and said, you know, whatever. All right. So your second question is, I like that. That was good. All right. Your second question. Um, what type of boundary that you think is most important that would help a young woman? The first person would be who currently is not dating. That they need a place in their life. Um, if you're not dating, a boundary. Um, 
first of all, you, you just don't go for the first thing smoking. So, oh, that's so good. You I know, write that, down. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You know, you don't just go for the first thing smoking just because somebody gives you attention or, you know, they don't necessarily have your best interest at hand. Um, that's why even before you start dating, you need to have boundaries. Don't wait until you get into a relationship or you need to already know before you go into a relationship, A, what you want in a man. I remember my aunt having me sit down at um, 14 mm-hmm. and writing what I wanted in a man. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm 14. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. But that was so crucial. So, A. Did you write it? I didn't. I knew it was coming. Obviously, because she wasn't going to marry you. God gave me what I needed right. and what I wanted. So, you know, <laughs> so you need to know, like, what you know, what you want in a man, and you also, you also, you don't go for the first person that gives you any sort of attention just because somebody looks your way and they show a little bit of interest. You don't know if that's, you don't know. If for what reason they have that interest in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember um, my stepmom asking Frankie, you know, one day he was at the house, is when we first started dating, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter? Mm-hmm. And that's a very real question because you need to know what somebody's intentions are when mm-hmm. you start dating. Like, are, am I just another, you know, fish in a pond, you know, just awaiting, you know, somebody who you just, you know, whatever until you find the next person mm-hmm. or whatever. So, that's a very legit question. You need to know what that person's intentions are. So as far as boundaries, like, you just... I, see, that's why before I dated Frankie, I had that two-year hiatus because I didn't just go for the first thing smoking. Gotcha. And I was in college. Mm-hmm. So even when we talked about it, he was like, you seriously didn't date anybody in college? I seriously did not date anybody in college because I didn't go for the first thing that was smoking. Okay. There was a lot of stuff smoking. Yeah. A lot of stuff smoking, but I, you know, I didn't fall into that little rabbit trap. But just um, knowing who you are, you know, before you try to be something for somebody else, um, knowing, you know, I mean, that singleness, enjoy that. Enjoy that singleness. I'm telling you, it's, I love being married. <laughs> I love my husband. <laughs> I love being married. And, but that singleness, that is, that's a time in life that, you need that. You yeah. need that to to learn who you are as a person because you can't be something for somebody else if you don't know who you are. So to learn who you are as a person, learn what you like, learn, you know, travel. Enjoy. Enjoy life, yeah. you know? Like, learn learn yourself, you know, get, get deeper with God. Learn, try to go deeper into what his will is for your life. Like, try to figure that out in your singleness. And I'm telling you, the minute you start diving into... Who, you know what God called you to be and what He wants, what He wants you to do. Mr. Wright will show up. Okay. I'm telling you that boundary is just, just wait. Oof, that was so good. Huh? That touched my heart. Because hey, <laughs> I'm a single one that's not dating. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Um, then the let the other question, same question, but for people who are currently dating, people who are currently dating, what do you think is the best, the best boundary? The best boundary. Um, the best boundary for people who are currently dating, I would no, say. No, 
Netflix. No Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. You're not a no. Definitely not a no. Not not unless it's a come meet my family, like we're all watching Netflix and chilling kind of thing. Yeah. Otherwise, no, there's no such thing as Netflix and chill. Don't let him rope you off. <laughs> um, but for people who are dating, I think the biggest boundary um, that something that you guys need to have is just um, you both need to have that that relationship with God because I think if you have that strong um, relationship with God first um, that that's the boundary of all boundaries if you both are you know involved if you're actively seeking God you know something like that then you know those other things that the those other temptations and stuff you know they're not even forming anywhere in your head like you don't give way you don't give you know way to those thoughts to 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 kind of creep up on you if you're so focused on you know god and i mean you can be focused on god and and have a relationship i have a friend who i learned so much from her um even as a married woman she she was single and you know just hearing how how she was you know so pursuing god's heart and you know while being and single even when she was in a relationship and how all that worked i was like man that is so that that yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Like I wish, but I mean, I had, God had other plans for me. Yeah, yeah. But just to see, you know, her go through her season and it all come around full 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 circle, it was just like, dang. Yeah. Like God is dope. Like how like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how he did that. Like yeah. God is dope. Like if you both have that, you know, that same desire to just be at the feet of Jesus and to get all he has for you. If you guys know that you have the word and all of that is, you know, snowballing and snowballing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you won't even think about sex. You won't be thinking about, you know, cuddling. You won't even think about Netflix and chilling. You're going to be thinking about going to the Bethel concert and just right being on. slain in the spirit. You know, you're not going to be thinking about, you know, what the world wants you to think about. Yeah. You're going to be so deep into to God that you're going to be, you guys, instead of Netflix and chilling, you're going to be going, you know, to the mall and um, ministering, you know, like that's that, that's, that's really what you guys are going to be doing. Not, not, you know, hey, how about let's go, you know, catch don't do it, don't do it. But like, if you got that God, that God is the first stone. That's the foundation of every relationship. If you guys put that first, everything else will fall, in, fall into place. When I say put God first, I mean literally in everything put God first I'm saying before y'all even walk out the door together pray like everything you know if you go on a date like you know God just be here with us you know you know it sounds so crazy but it's dope Mm. when you invite God into every area of life that's that's like Mm -hmm. that's a real feeling Mm -hmm. like that that feeling is I'm telling you, it's dope. It, 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 really, it really is. Yeah. Like when you just ask him, just to just to just come. Mm-hmm. It don't even have to be like a long, oh, you know, no, just God, you're welcome here. Just yeah. come, join us. You know, enjoy. You know, enjoy our time. I'm telling you, God is the. That's yeah. the foundation. Once we got that together, I mean, we became dope, right? Hey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, he's just <laughs> but I like that that's that right there is that that's is powerful. the strongest boundary that you could ever have because you know um, a lot of people
people feel like once you start dating, you know, I'm going back to the Bible where Paul says it's better to be single than to be in a relationship because your focus becomes more on the relationship that yes. with God. And, um, and the fact that you brought that up, it's very um, important, especially young people or even people our age, like 30s and above who are still single or mm-hmm. currently in a relationship to understand that once you're in a relationship, God always takes precedence. Always. Always takes precedence. Your first thought should be on God, not on the man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So course. it's just like... And so, he will understand that. That man will understand, understand that. that. Yeah. If he don't understand that, then y'all got problems. problems. Yeah. Y'all got problems. But, you know, if he's saying, oh, you go to church too much, or you da 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 Red flag. Red flag, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's Let him go. Flag. But he should understand, you know, when you say things like that, where you're coming from. So good. I have to give you. I, I just, girl, you just set, set, I mean, set I got, on fire. I got gems though. You know, I keep dropping things with gems. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I love it. Oh man. So Frankie. Yes, so a question actually goes the same scenario, but from a guy's perspective to a young man, because I feel girls are more so much vulnerable, and they they tend to fall into that trap faster than guys do. So. How would you tell a guy who's single um, how to put his boundaries up? Because our girls' boundaries are different from guys' boundaries. So what type of boundary would you tell a guy Um, that's single? It's a very good question because I know most men, all men deal with pride. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have... you don't have the flyers girl or something like that Mm -hmm. you know you get played Mm -hmm. so I think for a guy um the number one thing always has to be Jesus Mm -hmm. because I guarantee if the focus is on the Lord it don't matter what girl comes in the way Mm -hmm. or that temptation comes they won't uh fall into that sin Mm -hmm. um but another aspect of maybe a person that is struggling with their walk um just uh maybe maybe not doing some of the same things you you've been doing or if you're have if you know for a fact that i'm dating this girl and i don't don't know how to set boundaries or if i'm with her at a certain spot something's gonna happen maybe don't go to that spot or maybe, you know, I would tell them have an accountability partner. That if you feel like I'm about to meet her up at this spot where we always go, just call that person and say, hey, I'm about to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I need you to come pick me up or something like that. Call me in 30 minutes. Yeah, sure call right. me in 30 minutes <laughs> making sure I'm all right. Or if I don't pick up, this is the spot I'm at. Come in and get me because mm-hmm. I need help. Um, so I think... Especially with this young generation, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's it, the enemy has a stronghold on this generation through a whole bunch of aspects, mm-hmm. and um, lust, mm-hmm. pornography, all that is the biggest. Yeah. I know in our in our men's um, man cave, mm-hmm. we they did um, um elder black did a, uh, a um, not a study but a, he got some uh, statistics. And pornography is a two hundred billion dollar industry I believe it. per year. I believe it. 
and as long as we allow it to be two hundred two billion dollars, yeah, then it's gonna be like that. But we have to rise up, um, especially as Christian men. Not a lot of men are aged that pursue Christ. We gotta be the ones to be the influence. Right. You just covered both sections. You know that, right? Oh, I did? Yeah, you kind of did. Because you did it. You did. You covered both sections. So that's so good. Oh, man. I could go on and on forever, but I think my question stopped at that. Um, I want to thank you guys both. Man. Thank you. It, it was just like, yeah, was just it's so good to just, oh. I honestly think that's like the first time that we've like really just went through like our story. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just like really talked about it. Because I know, like, a lot of people see us saying, you know, mm-hmm. especially because we're in, a lot of people are new to our church, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't really know, you know, our background. But I really think, like, that's the first time we've ever just, like, put it all out there. But you know what? I, I and just to finish up here, I appreciate it because what you say, what you said has helped even me as a single individual. Because sometimes being single, being in her late 30s now, God help us all, um, <laughs> and single, it's sometimes it's hard, you know, putting those boundaries in place. It's hard to not pick up the first thing that smokes, yeah, smokes at you. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're like, well, I'm getting close to the end of the spectrum, and the one guy that smiled at you like, oh my yeah. gosh, I think I found my prince. But technically you didn't, because yeah. he's the first frog you're going to probably kiss, and he's going to be the worst thing since sliced bread, right. you know? So... I so appreciate it for me. This kind of helped me a lot. So I'm so thankful for your perspective. And I'm definitely thankful from a guy's perspective because sometimes us as women, especially strong women like myself, I won't see a guy that has um, the pride thing, right? Because it's so evident and you don't really recognize it because it's not something you expect, Mm -hmm. right? So given that perspective, it is going to help me and I, and I and I brought it to me because it's I'm in that area right now. That's my my place I'm at right now yeah. for the season. Um, so thank you. Like I really do appreciate it. I really like I really, I really do appreciate it. This was just so amazing. I love it. I really love it. So thank you guys for watching Jules by Jules. Um, hope to see the next segment. Good night. Good night. So good afternoon, or good morning rather. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode by Jules by Jules. I am your host, Julia Williams, and today I have a special guest that I did not actually meet him. This is our first time actually talking to each other. Go figure. We didn't know each other, but um, by just look of wonderfulness that we've gotten an opportunity to really have a chance to do this interview. Um, He is well known. Um, some of you probably know Andrew and Rochelle and Tiffany Millinder and um, David and Nicole Binion. He is the producer of music. So I want you guys to welcome David Spazzato. Yay! Say hi, David. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am super excited. It's, it's, how do I say, an honor to be 
Ah, yes, it is. So we're going to get down to business. Um, so we have, like I said earlier, we have never officially met. Um, so how do you feel about someone you've never met, never talked to, get all up in your business right now about life? How do you feel about it? Okay, cool. All right, I'm excited. All right, so as we talked about earlier, you are currently quote unquote single? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so how do you, so talk to me about your single life. Like, what are you doing right now and why are you waiting? I should say. Okay, well, what am I Okay, so what about, so you have paused yourself on singleness. You just want to be single for right now. But what has brought you to that point of being single? Like, what is it that you are waiting for in this, in the single thing? you a really crazy question, right? I love crazy questions. Um, you go out a lot on tours. Hold on a second. I didn't, I didn't Facebook or Instagram stalk you. However, I do know you go on a lot of tours. So um, does it get difficult as a single man um, to, who are in the position that you're in, is it difficult to like really push away girls who probably wouldn't have come up to get to know you because of who you know. And then how do you deal with that? Yeah. We've never met before. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Or a phone back. Or an investing. Yeah. So let's talk about your walk with God, the Abba father of all Abbas. Um, How does he play in your role right now and where you are and what you want in your relationship with God, like in your relationship with God and obviously with relationship with another, with your significant other, like how does he play and how did you get to that place? on the right path you're on the right path you got the good questions you got you answered um so there's a lot of young men and who want has it how they put it have all of the fixings and the cake too so they want the cake and eat it too right but what i and i think the reason why i picked you really i didn't really pick you the holy spirit picked you i was afraid to call you and ask you because i thought andrew was going to do it for me and he's like no you gotta do it yourself um because I see a person who is focused and walking in purpose. Because in order for you to walk, you have to walk in purpose. And then all these other things will add to you. So for the young men that are out there who want to walk in purpose, but they still want to have the girl too, what would you say to them? Would you tell them to wait? Or would you tell them to still walk in purpose and the girl that, that is supposed to be designed for them come in? when they need to come in. So what would your advice to them would be? Um, I can only speak from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm single. I have friends who are, were married at 21. Mm-hmm. They'll marry 
So do you have, okay, so I'm going to spin this around a little bit. So I'm going to get personal. I hope you're ready to get personal as you drink your cup of coffee. I'm just putting you out there. I'm sorry. I'm really putting you out there. So what I want the, the listeners to understand that um, your voice is super low. It's not like typical um, voice. Um, so I want you guys to really super listen. Um, to what he's saying, because he's giving great nuggets for you. So let's talk about your voice, if you don't mind. You don't mind. I, I know we didn't talk about this before, but I am going to put it out on there. Um, so what, because I know it's a testimony behind that voice. So what's what happened to the voice? Mm-hmm. Um, until someone here in Dallas 
Mm-hmm. First time we knew what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was here for us in three years. Yeah. That had that, no chords. But at the same time, I can honestly say there was a part of, uh, what I call it, um, a fix. Mm-hmm.
But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you tell your testimony because I didn't know who you are. I didn't know who you were. I don't know you from Adam. I just saw you that, I think, that Friday night when you came to see um, Andrew and Rochelle. But the one thing I do know about you is that what I can see is that you have an ear. Your ear is very in tuned to the frequency of heaven and the music that could bring about uh, a sound that's needed. So when the lady, that's why I smiled when you told me the lady said that um, he's trusting with it because a lot of people take the sound that God is trying to release in the atmosphere and taint it. So you trust you with something that he knows that if he gives you a sound and a specific sound that needs to be released, he knows in that moment at that time, you, he's going to trust you with it because you're going to release it. You're not going to change it. You're not going to add anything extra. You're not going to add. You're not going to subtract. You're just going to give what it is that he wants you to give. And 
yes, your testimony is very impactful because you helped me. Even in my own little box I got going on here, you've helped me. You know, sometimes that we get angry at God and we don't admit it that we're angry at certain things that we expect, like the things that we want and it doesn't pan out. So I am I am really touched by your, your testimony and I hope that you will say more of it because there's a lot of people that don't know your testimony, but they don't know how to walk through what you've walked through. You know what I'm saying? Because even if you, even though you talk with a very low whisper, it's still impactful and it still brings so much weight to it. So I hope this is not your first and your last interview on a podcast or a television show or a talk show because people need to know like this is what God's doing in this moment and in this season for our generation um, and allowing him to use you in the impactful way with people is such an amazing, I don't even know what the word to use because I'm like lost right now. It is such a great honor just to have you. You said you had an honor to do it with me, but it's a great honor to do it with you because it's just to see and to hear and to know. So I am hoping that um, you get an opportunity to teach young men, young women in the music industry, the younger ones, to understand it is okay to have that one little thing that you want, but God is using other things. In, in that weakness, he's made strong. And in that moment of things doesn't work out the way you expect it, he has something greater. So I'm super excited about what this is going to take you and where this is going to take you. Um, I don't need to tell anybody what you have planned because they can, if they would like to follow you on um, Facebook and um, Instagram, it is uh, David Spazzato, correct? Yeah. Um, so go check him out. Um, but I want you to do one last thing before you leave, before we end this. I know it's a very... Um, I didn't expect it to go this direction, but God obviously knew this needed to be said. Um, but I want you to take a moment to really talk to your your generation about walking this thing out. And not just about waiting for the right one, but walking out in purpose. Because you found your purpose quite early, give or take. Because there are some, you know, some people my age that, I won't tell you what that is. Um, but some people my age um, don't understand, still don't know what purpose is. And they still don't know what God calls them for. Um, so I want you to talk to the ones in our generation. Like, talk to them about walking out in purpose and what that looks like and how you can find it and what you need to do. So I'm going to let you take it away. So this is for you. It's just, it's not worth it. 
It's okay. <laughs> no, so talk to your generation. And so my question was, talk to your generation, because you started off with them about um, walking out the purpose, walking out this life as a Christian person on a whole. Like, I just added that, but does that help ring the bell? Where you go with that? Okay, go. You know what? That's good. That's good. Looks like you got something more to say. No? He's like, no? Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Actually, I don't have another question, but I will say this, that um, look for the more in this because there's so much more that's coming out of David. There's just so much more. And even though you may be with what you said earlier about hiding in that last four months, been doing so much in the last four months. Um, a friend of mine told me the other day, no time is ever wasted. So always remember, your time is not wasted. It is for the glory of God, and you are doing so much good things in it, so it's not wasted. And I feel like um, there's just more. That's just always there. There is more. And there's more to be. I know this sounds broken English, but it says there's more to be had. 
for David. There's so much more. And and I just want to, if it's okay with you, that I pray over you specifically. And I know this is not our typical podcast, but I just know that um, I want to pray over specifically for David in this because I know there's more that God is doing in you. And I just want to pray over you specifically. So, Father, I thank you so much in this moment, in this time, in this hour that you just carved out this specific time for David and myself and the listeners on Jewels by Jewels just to to come and just hear such great wisdom and knowledge from heaven. And so, Father, I lift up your son, David, to you. And I pray that, Lord God, that you are moving in such a way in his life like never before. There's a song that is out there that there, we are in need of a move of God. And I know, God, that there's a move that you're doing in David's life. I don't know him from Adam. I don't know him. But, God, you've obviously placed him in this moment, in this time, for such a time as this. And so, Father God, I pray that you open up heaven over David's life in such a way that, God, every seed that he's sown, every seed that he's sown, God, that you are pouring out your blessing upon those seeds. That, Father God, that you are causing a eruption of your holy presence over David's life. That, Father God, where if he go from this moment forward, God, that the moment he opened his mouth and he told his testimony, that not just one person will hear, but a thousand people will hear, 10,000 people, nations will hear what he has to say and what he has to bring because God, you are not done with David yet. And so Father God, I know there is more to be had in David's life because I feel it. And I know there's something more that you're about to do in his life in this new season as he step into something greater and more that you have for him. And so Father God, I pray that wherever he goes, that you provide favor in such a way that he would even blow his natural mind. Father God, this morning as you were just pouring into my heart, so Father God, I released Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 over David's life, that he would be blessed in his going out and his coming in, that his baskets will forever be overflowing, that Father God, that God, he will be lent to many nations and not borrow, that Father God, people will call him blessed. That, Father God, they will know when, because he's blessed, they will come to know you through David. And so, Father, I thank you. Touch his fingers, touch his mind, touch his ears, touch his vocal cords, God. Because, God, that is that thing that is in his heart. But, God, even if, even if, God, even if those vocal cords don't line up, God still use him in such a ridiculous manner. But Father, I pray that we go into the doors of heaven in the creative miracles, because we are calling creative miracles, and we're just going to call it that creative miracle. And we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in David's life. We just honor you, and we praise you, and we pray over the people that's listening and heard David's testimony that their lives would be changed for greater and more. And so, Father God, I thank you, I honor, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, So, people, I thank you so much for joining us on Jewels by Jewels. Look for this young man in theaters near you. I don't know why I just said that. 
in the theaters near you. I don't know. But I know there is goodness, goodness that's coming. So check him out on Instagram and um, Facebook under David Spazato. It's David, S-P-O-S-A-T-O. I actually know how to spell your name. It's hilarious. Um, So check him out. (laughs) So check him out. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good day. Bye. You're welcome. Well, good night, everyone, and thank you so much for joining another episode of Jewels by Jewels. And I'm your host, Julia Williams. And tonight, I have a wonderful, amazing professor. She doesn't look like a professor, but she is a professor. She looks like she's 12 half the time. Um, But I want you guys to welcome Courtney Henderson. Just give you guys a round of applause for welcoming Courtney to our show tonight. Hi, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. All right. So, Courtney, I am super excited just to get you even here in Florida to do this podcast. Um, I've been thinking about doing it for a while, and I wanted to just get your thoughts and your your feelings, because you moved from Florida to New York, and this is what, like six years ago? Um, to New York, just over three years ago. Three years ago? Okay. Um, and so, with that, tell me how that transitioned from being at one place, from being sunny Florida, to a whole different dynamic to New York. So, break that down for me, like, how did that work for you? So, it was really a complete leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from South Florida. I love the warm weather. I love the beach, the ocean. Um, I had just moved back to Florida from living in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I said I would never again move any place that had winter and crazy harsh weather. Yeah. And so, when I felt the Holy Spirit telling me that was the place I needed to go next, mm-hmm. I knew it could only be from God. Right. Because I literally said, I'm not never moving. again. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. It was just. No, go ahead. Yeah. It, I don't know, just when the Holy Spirit speaks, you have to listen. Right. right. Like, it was just more about being obedient than mm-hmm. necessarily oh, I think it's going to be a better life there. Mm-hmm. Again, one of my first loves, aside from God, is the beach. Like, right. I feel close to God being near the ocean. Right, 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 right. So, so that's definitely a transition. So what, okay, so now that you've been there for three years, what has New York brought to you that Florida couldn't? I have to say that seeing and experiencing the change of seasons Mm -hmm. has helped me to kind of just understand even more different passages and verses talking about Mm -hmm. the change of seasons and a time and season for everything and even sowing and reaping and talking about as white as snow erasing our sins like Having read those things growing up, of course, you can kind of imagine or visualize, but it's Mm -hmm. not the same as actually living somewhere, experiencing and seeing the change of seasons before you, Mm -hmm. something 
but only God could be the creator behind it. Right. It's just been amazing kind of really living and seeing that I even take time going to Central Park like in every season Mm -hmm. to really be able to experience that and see that. Wow. Wow. And it it even just reminds me about the creative nature of God. Mm -hmm. Like one area of the park can look so many different ways Mm -hmm. even though it's that same small piece of land in the park Mm -hmm. but just because of the change of seasons and because of God's creativity Mm -hmm. allowing it to adapt and change with the weather and the seasons Mm, that's so good that's good so can I say that you know in New York you've seen has the seasons because there are four seasons technically there's four seasons up north so that Florida it's only got one season but in New York there's like four seasons how does the seasons reflect your life does it go through the same seasons like winter summer spring fall do you feel like people go through those seasons and did it affect your season of life as well yes definitely even has helped to remind me that God is even the creator of seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, there might be a time where everything seems to be going perfectly, mm-hmm. and then a time where it feels like nothing is going right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in this year alone, I've had so many different types of seasons. Like, I applied to several different programs. None of them happened or came through. Mm-hmm. And then it just really felt like, a season of several months of no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And then I got the opportunity to speak at a conference in Indonesia and Dubai. And it was like purely from God, like everything paid for walking in my purpose, working with college students. Mm -hmm. And it just was kind of a reminder, like, yes, all of these other things that I thought might have been the next step. Mm -hmm. It was a season of no's to those, but that doesn't mean that that season lasts forever. Right. Honestly, even with moving, last week I moved again. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) And two weeks prior to the move, I didn't know where I was going. Oh, wow. I hadn't signed a lease. I hadn't found a place. I was just walking in faith, saying, God, whatever you have is gonna be for me I know I'm not gonna be in the street right and sure enough like down to the wire saw a place signed a lease went to get the keys and I moved in right before coming down here like two days before coming down for Thanksgiving wow wow and it was really just again another season not a season of no but a season of like a testing of my faith yeah Like, the apartment that I was in, it had everything that was on my God-only-you-can-do-it list Mm -hmm. that I wanted in an apartment moving there. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like, surely something is wrong if I have to leave this place. Like, all of these things on the list that I can't afford in the natural. Mm -hmm. And so I said, God, I would love an apartment that has these things. So why would I need to leave from that space? Mm -hmm. But even in this process like God has been doing so many different things and connecting me with different people 
one who even wrote me a card right before I came down here for Thanksgiving just mm-hmm. talking about how she was just so grateful to see the way that God was moving in me in this season of not knowing what's next mm-hmm. and in this season of expectancy and that it was just a real encouragement for her. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I, I was touched by that. But it just shows, like, even when we don't know necessarily the reason behind something or what God is doing, it doesn't mean that he's not still the author behind the story. Yeah, yeah. I like Pulling how, things together. Yeah, I like the fact that you talked about how sometimes we go through that place of a know a lot and God... Sometimes we feel the no's are more harsher than the, you know, like, because we want certain things right now. And God's like, sometimes he's like, maybe not right now, or maybe that's not what I have for you, but sometimes it's bigger. But this year definitely has been a faith walk for a lot of us. And so can you, for the people that are listening, can you, like, break it down, like, in how you still stood on God's word. You know, it's easy to say it, but to do it and live it is two different things. Like, what was your process in waiting for the down to the last wire of, you know, getting that apartment or applying for these things and God opened a door? Like, what was your process until you got the reward? So, I have a whiteboard mm-hmm. in my living room. Mm-hmm. And I usually... We'll put different verses on it, but there's one that never changes. Mm-hmm. Lamentations three twenty two through twenty six, mm-hmm. talking about how God's love never ceases, His mercies never end, and they're new every morning. Mm. Because I really needed to that reminder to see visually mm-hmm. every morning. Yeah. So maybe something didn't happen today but that doesn't mean that God can't do something new tomorrow morning because his mercies are new every morning and so on that whiteboard I would write two things that I was grateful for in that week Mm. no matter what it was maybe I had a week that I felt like nothing went right in that week Mm -hmm. then what then the things that I would write I made it I woke up every single day this week that would be my grateful item yeah. I felt like nothing else went right. I woke up every single day. Not everyone had that opportunity. Correct. I still have a job. Maybe things are frustrating me at work, but I still have the income. Mm-hmm. So, like, even in the times, in the weeks, that there was no, like, big, exciting thing to write for that week, I still made it a habit. I'm going to write something. I'm going to purposefully put in front of my face what I'm grateful for in this week mm-hmm. every week wow that kind of kind of touched my heart because sometimes and even something else uh-huh. like along with that so I'd erase it at the end of the week mm-hmm. and if I would be like sitting in the living room watching TV having dinner and I'd see the whiteboard and it's still empty mm-hmm. oh no that's not a good thing that's a reminder that empty space needs to be filled with something right. that happened in this week. Wow. That's good. That's good to hear. So I, I probably may even take steal not even steal, but borrow that from my life. Because sometimes we don't remember, you know, that the word. 
We need to stand on a word that God has given to us. Like Lamentations 3 is your, it's the word that God gave you that you have to remind yourself every single day. Yes. Every day. It's an everyday process of reminding ourselves. It really is. So, like, even going back to seasons, like, mm -hmm. every day there's a small change until full change into the next season. Mm-hmm. Like, mm -hmm. even living in New York, seeing those change of seasons, as I mentioned, like, even in Central Park, mm -hmm. going in the same area and seeing slowly by slowly the way that the landscape is changing is even a reminder of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is, like, so much so much nuggets in the last, what, I can't even tell, <laughs> five, ten minutes, like... You just threw so much stuff. Um, it, you know, I, I, I don't want to move on, but it's just like because you said something that I know that people in any age range would love to hear because especially as we go into this new decade, it's not just 2020. It's a whole new decade that we're stepping into. People need to know that the word is what we need and a reminder that God is a multifaceted God and he is like everybody goes through processes and everybody goes through processes differently and your process is amazing I, I, I have to say I, have to, I may just borrow it so when I call you Courtney I tell you what's going on I'm like yo that whiteboard yes it's life um, so I want to transition for a little bit um I know that New York, because we've talked on a personal level, so not everybody's going to know your life story a little bit, but New York did bring you something, not just work and not just the seasons, but it brought you something special. Um, yes. <laughs> I love it. She's like, yes. Um, so, and that's how I know when God tells you to pick up and move to go and do something you've never done before is something he has something great so can you share with the listeners like what is the process of how you got this something amazing and where are you in this process right now with this amazing thing so go for it yes of course so actually a couple who I look to as mentors at my church in New York mm -hmm. had this great idea to set me up with someone hmm. And they actually have been trying to get us together. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this until much later, but for months. Oh, wow. And something always happened. Even one time, he came to our church service location, but the couple wasn't there, and I wasn't there. Wow. And just so many, like, just, yeah, missed connections. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Once they did actually introduce us at church on a Sunday, um, there's something different about meeting someone through someone that you respect and trust mm -hmm. and look up to, mm -hmm. as opposed to meeting someone just randomly. Right. So this couple, who I love and adore, I look up to their marriage, their walk with God, 
their kind of stamp of approval was already on this person. So yes. when we met, it was like, okay, you're not just a random person. Mm-hmm. Someone that we both know and respect thought that they saw something in each of us that would kind of go well together, help one another out. And from that first Sunday, we went out that weekend. And yes, we've been together ever since. Next year will be three years. And it was definitely orchestrated by God, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Like the way in which everything happened and the just God's hand was all through every single area and aspect. Yeah. (laughs) And you mentioned about um, just some things that are next. So I mentioned that we met through the couple at church, so we go to the same church as well. At that time, there were two different locations. And we actually had been talking about, okay, are we going to go to your location, to my location? Like, we've been dating for a while. We want to worship together corporately. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one or two Sundays after we had that conversation, they announced that we're joining together as one location. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Wow. And it was just like, even small things like that, like, it's already the same church. It's just two separate sites. Yeah, 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 yeah. no one had to say, oh, I'm going to leave my site or you're going to leave your site. We're just going to join sites. God is bringing us, yes, God is bringing it all together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. That's so good. So, where are you... Okay, so now that you've found this person, which, by the way, guys, I met him. He's an amazing guy. Very amazing. Very... It's a, I, I can't... I would not put anybody else with Courtney but this young man. Because they're so... They're not similar, but you can see that this was a match that God had put together. So, so Courtney, where do... What was your process in in the waiting because sometimes we rush things so what was your process in the waiting i'm glad you used that wording so sometimes i rush things yeah he never rushes things (laughs) and by he i mean jamal (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we actually had been seeing each other every single weekend for several months but Mm -hmm. hadn't yet officially become in a relationship like he didn't ask me yeah do you want to be in a relationship so to me we were not yet in a relationship until he asked that and right. I was getting anxious and my birthday came and I was like oh well he hasn't said anything we've been spending all this time together talking on the phone all the time I guess this isn't just isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. and so I resolved with myself that okay this is it mm-hmm and then that very weekend of my birthday he actually had already planned out an elaborate way to ask me that question of being in a relationship because he does move slower than I move but Mm -hmm. he moves at that pace because he wants to be 
100% confident and mm-hmm. sure and know every aspect before making a decision. Mm-hmm. So we, I mentioned earlier, I love the water. Mm-hmm. So we went on a cruise on the Hudson around like New York City, three course dinner, wow. live music. Wow. All dressed up. And sure enough, at the end of the night, this question to me was asking if I wanted to be together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, look at that. If I would have gone at my own pace, we wouldn't even still be together. Because I would say, why well, have you didn't ask me this? Yeah. Like, clearly, it wasn't what you had in mind if you didn't ask it in my time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But honestly, even in this relationship, God has been teaching me some things about patience. Mm. Hmm. Which I didn't think I needed to learn. But See. I, I really, I really <laughs> that, and I can admit that. See, well, I don't think there's patience in any woman who, who who's single, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, the non-single streak has hit half of us. Like, the, not, the one that's single, we rush everything. We're like, yes, we found the guy. But I like the fact that Jamal is waiting and he is pursuing you in a way that you should be pursued, I should say. Um, that's good. So what was your process? Like, what? Oh, so walk with me to that thought process of you in that waiting. Like, what? how did you handle in the waiting? Because... I want to share with the, the, the listeners that I live vicariously through you in some ways because you go everywhere. Every time I look around, Courtney is going somewhere. So I just look at when she's leaving. I just look for the, the pictures that she goes. I live vicariously through you. So I want to know, like, what was your process? Like, what did you do in that waiting? Did you, what, did you pray about it? Did you, like, what was it that thing until Jamal came? Um, honestly, for me, at one point in my life, I did idolize having a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I really, just for me, this is not how God is going to work with everyone. But for me, I really had to get to a place with God where I said, I had to be able to say like, okay, if I don't get married, I will be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, God, you are enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I personally needed to get to that place mm-hmm. because of the way that I had been viewing having a partner prior to then. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe one or two months after I got to that place that we actually met. Even thinking about it later, the times that they tried to introduce us to each other, mm-hmm. that it didn't happen probably was because I wasn't at that point yet. <laughs> this is true. Where I needed to be with God so that I wouldn't idealize the relationship once mm-hmm. I had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And it was it was painful, but it was necessary mm-hmm. and important and good. Just like realizing the value and importance of my relationship with my daddy God. Yeah. And how that isn't supposed to sustain me and the ways in which that isn't supposed to sustain me mm-hmm. and a reminder of who I am and whose I am yeah. outside of being a partner with someone else. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it was It was what I needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Prior to 
this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I have, like, one or two questions. Like, so prior to you dating Jamal, and now you guys are in a relationship, I'm hoping to hear wedding bells soon. I really want to be able to wear a dress, a, you know, a swimming dress. However, let's we'll put that on the back burner until when God's ready. We did go through pre-marriage counseling, which is something we actually talked about doing um, prior to engagement. Oh, that is amazing. See? Which might seem unconventional, but actually several couples at our church, we didn't even know, kind of had that same mindset because oh, when wow. our church announced they were having the class out of 10 couples only one couple was already engaged mm. all the other nine couples were in serious committed relationships that they had talked about wanting to lead to marriage but wanted to do this class prior to that or on the path to that like some of the couples got engaged during the class which lasted a few months but yeah both oh, wow. of us we said that was something we wanted to do even prior to engagement. Oh, that is amazing. See? Ugh. The nuggets. The nuggets, I tell you. The nuggets. Um, so, I do want to ask you. So, I am going to call you Professor Courtney for a second. Put on that professor hat. So, yep. Courtney is a professor of education, correct? In education? So... Of writing and literature, but right now I am working on a fourth degree that is more Fourth degree, Miss Courtney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right on. Love it. Okay. So do you think as a young woman that you are, and you have all these amazing degrees, and I do not envy you at all. Um at all. Um so with all these de- all these degrees now, do you think a woman, even though you have you are currently date you're currently dating, um, poten- potentially, the aspiration to be married, whatever, what do you think? Do you think a woman should really take care of who she is first before she makes a commitment with a guy? Oh, of course, of course. And why of do you course. think that? Because there's no way that as women we can go into a relationship without already being 100% whole, complete, confident in who we are, what we bring to the table, how we're going to change the world. Mm -hmm. If we don't already have that going into a relationship, that other person is going to become everything. Mm -hmm. Especially with our naturally nurturing nature. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't already have my own vision and purpose Mm -hmm. and I find that identity only in a relationship Mm -hmm. then all of that energy is only going to go towards that but what about the people that God also called me to reach Mm. just as me Right now of course there can be people that he called us to reach together Correct. but there are also people that he called me to reach Mm. just as a woman not as part of the couple And if I don't already have all of that in line, Mm -hmm. then not only am I going to miss out on that, but people that were supposed to get something that God gave to me aren't going to be able to receive it. Mm. Because it's just going to get lost in me becoming absorbed in the relationship. Oh, that's so good. That's, That's so good. 
um, because sometimes we do get lost in relationships when it's we no longer we have the dreams and I've seen it where women get so focused on after they're gung-ho about getting what they want they want these things they want this establishment they want all this and the moment they get engaged and the moment they get married every dream that they have is put to the side because they have this thought process that they need to support the husband which is not wrong you can't you should support your husband because we are called to be helpmates oh of course however God didn't say put down what I've called you to do on the backbone unless he tells you, hey, in this season, I need you to support your husband till he gets where he needs and then vice versa, the husband needs to. And sometimes, in all honesty, I think it goes vice versa. It shouldn't be just the man. Like, a guy should be able to, after conversation and seeking the Lord, if the Lord says, let your wife do what she needs to do and go out and get what her desires if it is to open her own business or whatever it have you he should be able to do that as well so I want oh, of course. yeah I want you to like talk to the guys for a second as a professional woman um, who who is out there for the other professional woman, because you're like, I, I, I think you're more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a, not, um, a person that we can, a model, there you go. A model for other professional women. What can you say to a guy that when they see a professional woman, sometimes they become intimidated because of the degree, the title, and who you are. What can you tell a guy that, even though we come off intimidating sometimes, what can they do to not feel so intimidated? You know, you get what I'm asking you? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Christian man, you are a son of God, a mighty man of valor. Yes. Walk in that. Yeah, 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 yeah Like, yeah. the intimidation comes from looking at things in the natural. Mm-hmm. But when he looks at things in the spiritual... Mm-hmm. And declares over himself that he is a mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. After God's own heart, seeking God, putting him first, that he's the one that gives him strength, that he's the one that leads him. The other things fall to the wayside. Yeah. Because in the natural, it's just too much. <laughs> we can't just go by that. We yeah, need to yeah. Be spirit led. If we want something that's going to be after God's heart and that's going to have a higher purpose and a greater purpose Mm -hmm. it has to be coming from being spiritually led yeah that's good and there's no intimidation there there's not god didn't give us give our men a spirit of fear right a sound he gave them a sound mind Mm -hmm. meaning they can walk in that peace when they've heard from god and move that's good. Some of our Christian men just need to move. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Even Jamal, like, if it weren't for that couple, we probably wouldn't be together. He wouldn't have moved in that same way in that moment. Mm. Wow. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. 
chase him. Young men and women, get a mentor. Yeah, talk it. Yeah. So that's who's gonna see the things that you can't see and help you along the way. They've been places that you haven't yet been. They're helping to prepare the way. They've gone through mistakes that they don't want you to have to go through. It's good. That mentor is invaluable. Yes. Even, honestly, that even just reminded me about a conversation that we had early in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Jamal asked me if I had a spiritual mentor hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. In New York. Hmm. And I mentioned some people from our church that we go to. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, that's great. But what about here? Who can you get together with face-to-face as well? Wow. That you can talk to about what's going on in our relationship. Wow. And that was a requirement for us. We both had to say to the other person that we knew who that person or people were. Mm-hmm. And that, yes, it was important for both of us to have those people in our lives. Wow. And one of the women for me was the wife of the couple that introduced us. Wow. But really, there's oh, not enough can be said about mentorship. I have to and agree. I, even in so many other areas in the natural, mentorship is praised mm-hmm. in a way that it is not yet praised as much in the church. In mm-hmm. this, to the same degree, mm-hmm. like to the same value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it should have that same value. Mm-hmm. We need... Yes, of course it's important to have a mentor in our work and careers and other areas of our lives, mm-hmm. but even more so in our spiritual life. We can recognize that we need that in other areas even more so when it comes to the things of God. Wow. Wow. So I was going to tell you talk about the young women, but you kind of tapped on both men and women at the same time. <laughs> Um, but I, I have to chime in on what you said about mentorship because people feel that, you know, when you have a mentor in your life and, and, you know, Bishop Thomas talks about how mentorship, you know, your mentor cannot be your friend. True. I, I, I do have to, because there, there has to be a line drawn. My mom always says, I can't be a boss and your friend too. And I'm not saying a mentor can be your boss, but they are the authority figure that is placed that God has placed over your life to help you grow to the next level, whether it's educationally, spiritually, whatever. I am all for mentorship. And I think one of the requirements of following a, a, a mentor wholly and solely is pray about it. Don't just yes. pick anybody. You have to seek the Lord and seek the Lord again. Because sometimes we pick people to be our mentor and it, it's not for the person that God wants for you. And also have to understand when mentors are in for seasons. Sometimes you have a long time mentor and sometimes you have a seasonal mentor. I've learned that. Sometimes Definitely. some mentors are not, not meant for, to be with you for the long haul. And you have to know when to cut it and when to, like, say, okay, my season for this. And God, trust me, the Lord will show you when the season is up for that specific mentor. That doesn't mean you will cut them off completely and say, I'm just not going to talk to you. But, <laughs> you know, 
But there are certain things that God wants to take us into the next level, and we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. When we select, because God has instructed that person, and nine times out of ten, when God has shown you who this mentor is in your life, he has already spoken to this person, and this person is waiting on you. Yep. I, I have to, I, and I have, and let me tell you, I've known that for every mentor in my life. God has already spoken to this person, and God already knows, and they're waiting on you to approach them. And other thing for people, you approach your mentor and you pursue your mentor, your mentor does not pursue you. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> yes. Your mentor. <laughs> Let me repeat myself. Because we both, I'm sure you mentor some people and I mentor people. You have to pursue your mentor. Your mentor doesn't pursue yes. you. If you don't, they're, they're the authority figure in your life. If you are going through something and you need direction, you better pick up the phone and call your mentor. And I had a mentor specifically. I don't even know how we got on this mentorship. I think it's your fault. But I had a mentor that you will, if you pick up the phone and you call her, her first question is, did you seek the Lord? And you better, had te- you better tell her you sought the Lord before you pick up the phone and call her. Because if you didn't seek the Lord, she will hang up the phone on you. Because she, her thing was, I don't want you constantly seeking me. I want you to seek the Father. I like that. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, because sometimes we come so dependent on our mentors that we don't become dependent on the Father and independent of our mentors. That doesn't mean the mentor that God has placed over life doesn't have the direction God will give them. But her big thing was, don't come to me. You should only come to me for confirmation purposes. Or you really got stuck and you really cannot figure it out. That's when you come to me. Don't come for me for simple things and you didn't speak to the Lord yet. And that taught me how to seek the Lord on my own. And that's one of the things I want the people on who's listening today... And this whole, trust me, this whole um, podcast went a different direction, but I love it because it just opened up a facet that people need to to hear about mentorship. Yeah, it is. It is. And I love the fact that Jamal asked you that question about who do you need to talk to -to face-to-face about your relationship with him in New York. It's, it's great to have over, you know, other states and stuff like that, but who are you talking to right now? Who can you have that one-on-one relationship that not a phone call can hear? Because sometimes someone could sound great over the phone and they look like a hot mess when you see them if face-to-face. Exactly. So I, I get that totally. I get that totally. So what I want you to do... As we wrap up this um, this this interview, um, I want you to to pray over the um, the professional women and the professional men and the non-professional women, like all women and all, but specifically so for the professional women, because unfortunately some professional women have gotten names um, that we can be. Sometimes a little bit assertive. Sometimes we can be very strong. Sometimes you can be a little intimidating. But I want you to pray for the professional women who have not resolved themselves to the fact of, if I don't get married, it's okay because, God, you are enough. Because some of them 
have not gotten to that place, that God is enough, that no matter what it is looks like, he is enough. And you've gotten to that place. And I want you to pray for them in that aspect. Yeah. Daddy God, I just lift up to you every single man and woman listening to this podcast. I just even ask that Holy Spirit, that you would just wrap your loving arms around every single person listening to this. That you would just breathe your presence of love, Lord God. Love of who you are, a love of who you have created each man and woman to be, and that you would even just have an awake, a reawakening of the purpose that you have designed them for, Lord God. Especially our young women today, Lord God, that you would just remind them who and whose they are, that they are a daughter of the Most High, and that means that it is our Father God who is the one who provides. A daughter of the Most High gets their provision from their Father God who owns everything. There is nothing impossible, nothing that God cannot do. So, Daddy God, I just ask for that reminder that you are enough. That you loved us enough to give yourself. That you would remind us that you are enough. And that we need to be looking towards you and looking and seeking your face, Daddy God. Mm. That we would even just seek your face like never before. And that you would fill up every single person listening to this with a fresh fire. A fresh fire for more of you, Daddy God. More of your presence, more of your knowledge, more of your word, more of walking after what it is that you have purpose for every single individual person, more of doing your will, more of living out the heart of God in their city, just more of you, so full that the cup is overflowing with you and there is no room to even sit and think, oh, why don't I have this or why don't I have that that someone else has? There won't even be time for that because there will just be so much of you, Daddy God, and that it would even be a joy that our that the delight would be in more of your presence. The delight and desire would be for more of you, Daddy God. I just I just thank you, Daddy God, for what you are going to be doing in the lives of every single person who listens to this podcast. Yes. I just give you praise in advance, Daddy God, for what you are about to do. Ah, oh, Lord God. Mm. I just feel that someone is going to hear this and really feel like, God, what would you have me do next? So There's so many different steps, so many different possible directions. But I just want to say, I just feel the Holy Spirit just saying, pray. Yeah. Seek me. Yeah. Talk you. to me. I'm your Heavenly Father. I am here. I am listening with an open ear. I just ask, Lord God, that even as we go into this next year, that we would as a body seek you more and more like never before Lord God because we want and hunger for your presence like never before that your daughters Lord God would be going into the workplace so full of your presence like never before the Holy Spirit would be emanating off of them and that's what's going to be the influence in their careers touching other people touching the lives of others because they're going to be overflowing with more of you because of that time in prayer 
because of that time just sitting and soaking in the word and hearing even just worship songs of worship lifting up your name Daddy God, I just thank you for what you're going to do in this new year. Oh, I'm just getting excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about just the testimonies that are going to be coming forth. Yes, Lord. There's something about seeking God like never before. Yes, God. Intentionally. We do so many other things intentionally. May we seek God even more intentionally. Mm. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Professor Courtney, I want to tell you thank you so much for being on Jewels by Jewels. Um, what an amazing time talking with you. Um, and I believe that God is just going to wreck your world um, in this coming season. I just believe that God is going to open to Ah, yeah, some keys that God is about to release to you that you have been wanting and the keys. That's what I just hear for you, just keys. Um, I don't know if that resonates with you, but I just hear keys. And I believe that God is going to do some things beyond your natural mind can ever comprehend. And I personally cannot wait to see what God's about to do in your life um, even before the year is out that. even before the year is out even before the year is out I just exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think of and I just released that word even though that is the word for the year of the Lord for our church for 2019 but take grab hold of that because that yes. is definitely your word that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think of on for you um, before 2019 is over. So I'm super excited about this. I, I, I'm like, my eyes are like twitching because it's like, it's so good. Um, so I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, everyone else. Pleasure. I, I can't wait to do this again with you guys. Look forward to another podcast very soon. But have a good night. Talk to you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>